Hey guys, this is Pastor Zach, and you are listening to Sermon Notes here at HPC. If you've been around uh, these parts for the last year or so, then you've started to hear this undercurrent, and this won't be strange to you, but we've talked about the apostolic order. We've talked about um, how starting in January of this year, we uh, sort of recategorized and restructured our church's ministries around the fivefold giftings to ensure that there was the appropriate and scriptural calling for a covering and sort of um, ministerial muscle behind each one of these things that takes place and happens out of the, our walls here. And so I wanted to, uh, I want you to hear from them. As part of the vantage point thing, um, you're going to be hearing from each uh, a representative, the, the person who sort of sits on that executive team and um, speaks on behalf of the ministries that are covered by that wing. And so we're going to talk about this for just a second because I realize that this may be a little different than what many of us are used to. Um, so a couple things about the apostolic church. And first of all, going back to uh, going back to when we first started, we noticed that there were some things that were different about his providence. Um, things that we couldn't necessarily put our finger on or our thumb on, things that we didn't even know how to point at, we could describe um, what looked different in, in, in the way of how it was carried out. But to be honest with you, I mean, I was 26 years old. My wife was 26 or 25 when we started. And um, <clears throat> babies, we were babies. What were we doing? Planting a church is insane. Um, the Lord knew what he was doing, and so we, uh, we hadn't really, we didn't know what we were signed up for, but we started to see the Lord do some things differently than we had ever seen them, not realizing that this was, in fact, the answer to the prayer that so many of us had been praying for New England, the prayer to see God move again, the prayer to see revival come, the prayer to see uh, prodigals come home, and, and the passion and fire of the bride of Jesus Christ restored to her as we wait for his return. Uh, but we noticed some things that were a little odd about us, things that maybe you've noticed as well, but that we weren't drawing the connection. Uh, we weren't connecting the dots but between what was happening and why it was happening, what was behind the scenes and what the Father was actually doing. But over the last maybe three years, um, the Lord has started to pull the layers back and show us that what we've been experiencing has been because there is a restoration of apostolic order. This isn't just happening at his Providence Church, but across the globe, there is a resurgence and a rediscovery of the fact that uh, the Lord set up a formula for how the church was to thrive effectively and remain healthy until Jesus came back for her. And tragically, we've lost sight of that over the years. Tragically, the American church especially has forfeited and forsaken a lot of what the Father really intended in terms of governance and order. And so what we began to realize about ourselves and that were, was kind of different, let's find it kind of funny actually now in hindsight, but uh, during COVID, uh, during the quarantine weeks, um, myself and a small group of people were in the building and we were working on the stage being built over in the Macy's and we were doing some expansion and adding the screen and that sort of thing. And um, my wife was working at her family's company across the street and she's texting me. She's reading a book and she's texting me, a book that I would soon come to read and then many of you would read as well. And she's texting me saying things like, uh, in fact, I should pull up the text because they're really funny. Um, oh my gosh, you're not actually a pastor. <laughs> now I've heard that from many of you <laughs> in a different context, you know, in the forms of like an exit interview email type of thing. 
uh, <clears throat> Zach, stick with worship leading or something like that. But, um, but when it's coming from my wife, I'm like, maybe we've got some bigger, bigger issues here that we need to sort out. Uh, but as she starts to text me back and forth, she's saying, I realize that, you know, we've been like frustrated about so many things as we've led and we've wondered why this was that way and that was this way. And she said, you're uh, not wired to be a pastor. You're wired apostolically. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. That's a word that we haven't used since Bible school, really. Not that we don't believe in it, but just that it was kind of one of these things that many mainline denominations sort of either relegated back to historical use only, or some people just see it in terms of somebody who pioneers churches today. But as we started to dig and started to pray, we realized that so many of the nuances of how we were leading this church actually had their roots in how God had created us to operate and to lead. And that is apostolically, with apostolic giftings. And so as you've heard this, there have been many questions that have sort of come to the surface, and rightfully so, because when somebody starts to talk about, you know, a weird Bible word that you haven't heard a lot, and now you're like starting to identify the church that way, you're kind of like, what's going on here? What, what's happening? So first of all, thank you for asking questions. I'm glad. Um, but I want to just uh, say a couple things that may answer some of those questions. Number one, our church government has not changed. We're still led by an elder board um, of five awesome elders and their wives. Um, and those elders, maybe you've met them if you've attended a fireside or uh, maybe you've been prayed for by one of them or their wives down here at the altar. But uh, those elders are still responsible for steering the big picture and making the big decisions that our church has to make. Things like, do we move to the mall? Do we buy our portion of the mall? Do we sell the property we had? Do we engage with Share Financial? Um, some of these big picture items uh, are not just left to Ashley and I um, to make. We, we submit to a phenomenal group of elders. Uh, but what it does have to do with is the ministries that take place within the church on a day-to-day operational basis. And that's where the fivefold uh, start to unfold. Like what I did there? So apostolic leadership, um, Ashley and I have seen the Lord and uh, Barbara and, and Pastor Ron uh, Brackett have been a big part of this. And you guys commissioned me um, in this gifting. And I... I'm still reading the books that you've given me on it, and it's been really eye-opening to me because of things that, again, we've seen and haven't attached the names to. Things like, why do we spend an hour in worship on most Sundays when many people are like, you should get to the word, or you should get to the part where I feel encouraged, or you should get to the part where my needs are met. Um, But the heart of the apostolic is an obsession with the Father and his kingdom. And so I won't apologize for that. In fact, I've said in the past, if you're not as interested in we as we are in seeing the kingdom come and his throne established, then you should probably find a new church. And we've said it unapologetically for over a decade now. And while we've seen some people go, what we've also seen that's been um, sort of inexplainable has been folks of, of monstrous mantles and anointings come in and call HPC home. We haven't understood it. Until now, we haven't understood why the callings and the burdens and the ministries, there was a time and that time extends to today. I remember going back, we were 125, 150 people and you could go row by row by row. And while people were broken and had gone through hard seasons and had been jaded and disenchanted by the church, 
You couldn't go three or four people without finding somebody who was called and who had either already operated in some huge international ministries and, and awesome uh, nationwide scopes, people of, of huge proportions and scales. And why were they here? Not because the preaching was that good. I guarantee you that. They were here because the Lord was stockpiling people because of what was about to come. So for a quick definition, apostolic means to be sent with a particular purpose. To be sent with a particular purpose. It's an adjective describing an individual and the accompanying envoy sent by a government to establish the rule of that kingdom in a place it does not currently possess. Okay? When Jesus first used it to describe his closest followers, he said, and you're my disciples... He was referencing, actually, I know, kind of uh, disappointing. It's not super spiritual. He was referencing a Roman military word. Apostle uh, was first used to describe a fleet of ships that would leave Roman territory and sail for a place that was not yet governed by Roman rule. It would trickle down to, to mean just a leader, a simple leader, and he would be sent to a place, and not by himself, but he would be sent with um, businessmen and, and doctors and teachers and philosophers and people who carried the culture of that kingdom to a new place where it had not yet set roots or bore fruit. And so as, uh, as and, and one of these books that we've been reading, we've been going through as a staff, it's called Apostles Then and Now by Mark Pfeiffer. And uh, I want to give you a definition here because I think that the way that he describes it fits perfectly with what we're seeing play out here at his providence. He writes this, being apostolic means that all resources, manpower, Structures and procedures in the church are focused on the goal of advancing and establishing the kingdom of God into every system and sphere of the nations of the world. Okay? So I'm going to say that one more time, and then we're going to talk about why this is different. Being apostolic means that all resources, for that, that means for our church, that means every dollar that comes in. Not just the 15% that we give to missions. Every single dollar that comes in, okay? When it says all manpower, that doesn't just mean our staff. That means all of our serve team, the 300 and some folks who are here sacrificing, serving um, from week to week. It means that everybody who calls his providence home, you are part of the manpower movement that's happening here. All of our structures. And now you see why it wasn't enough just to buy a piece of property and build a church, the Lord wanted more. All of our structures, now it's not just the, the, this portion of the mall that we're purchasing, it's the next portion of the mall that we're gonna be purchasing. You're not gonna hear about that yet. It's about the retreat center that we have in Carver, Massachusetts. It's about the different places that the Lord has given us ground in. Maybe we don't hold the deed to every one of these places, but maybe it's doors that the Father has opened for us to walk in and carry culture with us. It's every single one of your houses and every one of your workplaces. Being apostolic means that all resources, manpower, structures, and procedures in the church are focused on the goal of advancing and establishing the kingdom of God into every system and sphere of the nations of the world. Saints, New England is our nation. New England is our nation. 
If you go back to the upper room story, you don't have to turn there, but uh, a couple weeks back, if you were here when uh, Tori Amos Peterson, Patterson, Patterson, Tori Hope, Tori Hope. I was right. I got, should have, I messed that up, but I'm so used to it. Has anybody listened to alt rock in the nineties? All right. Anyway. Okay. Thank you. Got some Tori Amos fans out there. She'll be doing a concert here this year too. That's on my list of things to do. I'm just kidding. This one thing that she pointed out was that when the original penmen inspired by the Holy Spirit to write, uh, these, these, uh, books that have now been canonized into scripture, there were no chapters and, and verses. There were no numbers. There were no breaks that designated little pericopes and passages. It was just a letter. And what we have now is we'll, we'll have these chapters, and then at the end we stop, and we go and eat a sandwich, and then we come back. But if you read the last verse of Acts chapter 1 and the first verse of Acts chapter 2, what we find out is that there's actually a description of the type of leadership that was present in the upper room on the day of Pentecost when the fullness of the Spirit of God was poured out. The apostles. The upper room precedent is that when the church was birthed, only the apostolic gift was in operation. Prophets, teachers, pastors, and evangelists all came into existence thereafter, but they came into existence upon the foundation of the apostolic gifting. Therefore, the early church was marked by the fact that every ministry gifting served to extend the same purpose as those apostles, the establishment of the order and rule of the kingdom of heaven. Now, some of you have been asking, as we've been talking about it, um, Zach, are we uh, joining up with some denomination? Does apostolic mean that, you know, now we're affiliated with some organization or some movement or some whatever? Uh, And I want to just go on record this morning in saying no. Okay? No. Can I get an amen? Amen. We're not joining any group uh, other than heaven as it comes, okay? That's the only movement I need to be a part of is whatever it is that the Father's pouring out in New England right now. So when we say apostolic, while there are denominations that have the word apostolic in it, there are movements, uh, things that have um, sort of started to groundswell, especially in our country uh, over the last two decades, we are using it as a description, not a denomination, 1 Corinthians 12 uses it as a description, not a denomination. He says that first, God gave appointed apostles, second, prophets, and third, teachers. Again, in Ephesians, we see um, it laid out really clearly, and I'm going to read it to you. If you've been going here for a while, you've already heard it, but it says this. He gave some as apostles and some as prophets, and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints of the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge and of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. This is a description of us recognizing that this is the order originally intended for the church. And it's an acknowledgement that we ought to come back into this order. Now, The other gifts are crucial to the church. That's why I'm not the only one on the stage this morning. Because these gifts require folks who carry the anointing, who carry the burden, who walk in the gifting with excellence. 
as a covering for all those who seek to operate in it as well. But I want to talk about this for just a second before we move on and for this reason, because over time and over church history, churches have broken into sect sects and segments we've we've gone off into these fellowships and denominations and camps and over time we've come to identify ourselves with one of these giftings losing the sight of the fact that all are required in order to be the church if you have landed in HPC and have come from a, a church with more of a prophetic persuasion or background then you know that the prophetic giftings are very revelation centric if you know any prophets, there are prophets of this church. And then anybody who is filled with the Spirit will occasionally move in the unction or, or uh, un uh, persuasion of prophecy. And they'll come down and you'll hear people give a prophetic word or who share a prophetic dream um, or a prophetic mandate. But if you know people who are really strong in the prophetic gifting, then you know that there is a lot of emphasis on the revelation and when you hear prophets come down, they'll share about the revelation and the process by which it was revealed. They'll share where they were at in life and, and how that thing came to be and what it means to them. And if you know real hardcore prophets, they have cataloged and archived revelation over the course of their lives and throughout history in their minds. And they will go and blow the dust off the cover and crack the spine and, and walk you through revelation. It's good and it's important. And it's a gift of God. But the church was never meant to orbit around revelation. It was never meant to idolize the dreams or the visions. In New England here, we have a, an abundance of churches, not so much that are, that are obsessed with the prophetic, but that orbit around teaching. Now we see teachers are one of the fivefold gifts as well. But in a region of the United States that idolizes the academic and the scholastic, that idolizes uh, uh, intellectualism, many churches in this area have gravitated towards teaching. Now, teaching gifts, in the same way that the prophetic gifts um, emphasize revelation, teaching gifts emphasize scripture and doctrine. The hard part is that the more scripture and doctrine that we have oftentimes the more we're willing to forfeit the actual power that brings those things to life. And so what New England has ended up with is a church that is very top heavy in the sense that we know everything we need to know, but we haven't actually seen any of it come to pass because we've let go of the real power that makes our faith what it is. Pastoral gifts. Now, Pastor, the, the pastoral gifting is incredible and the church can't survive without it. In fact, I've been accused over the years of leading this church in a way that is not very pastoral. Um, and I don't want any snickering and that sort of thing because I'm hearing some of that come out of the peanut gallery over here. But we've, we've had people say, you know, uh, there's nobody meeting my needs or there's nobody who's, who's um, running to, to my every beck and call. There's, where is the church? Aren't, aren't all the people on staff just sitting around waiting for me to call so that they can come and, and help? We're like the Maytag guy here, you know, just waiting for people so that we can rush out the door and go serve whatever thing that you have going on. And the truth is, is that those things do happen. And the pastoral gifting, the shepherding gifting is one that takes great care in comforting. 
in motivating, in encouraging, in keeping safe, in making sheep to feel good and protected. But a pastorally led church isn't centered around God. It's centered around the believer. And if you've been party to the seeker-friendly movement over the last few decades, then you know even some of the fathers of that movement. One in particular is quoted as having said that the seeker-friendly movement 10 years later proved to fill our churches with baptized pagans. Because this isn't ever really, see, when, when the pastoral gifting is at the wheel, like some of us would love, when the pastoral gifting is at the wheel, transformation doesn't take place. Conviction doesn't take place. Pastoral gifting without apostolic foundation will create a bride that is content to sit at home and let her light burn out instead of to be out waiting for her groom to come back. Danny Silk talks about it in his book, and I'll just share this because I think it's such a perfect illustration. The apostolic versus the pastoral is like a plane crash and everybody's washed up on a deserted island and the first leader that they elect for themselves is one who will get them all operating in their strengths for the purpose of getting where they were originally intending to go. When a year goes by and they haven't been rescued, they don't want that leader anymore. They will then choose for themselves a leader that will make them feel comfortable and safe on that island. And the American church has forsaken the apostolic and the prophetic in the hopes that they would be made to feel comfortable and safe instead of in a holding pattern while we wait for Jesus to come back. The evangelistic giftings are also incredibly important. And I thank those of you who came down this morning and worshiped with us at this altar as an act of intercession and anticipation for prodigals coming in and the lost and the harvest coming in. The problem is, and many of you, some of you may have attended churches in the past that were led by an evangelist. Someone who eats, sleeps, and breathes the winning of souls. Let me tell you, that is a huge part of what we're doing here and yet it was never meant to be the heartbeat of the church. People have said, well, missions is the heart of the church. No, it's not. Jesus is the heart of the church. The kingdom is the heart of the church. Well, we should be out there getting, you're right, we should. But what's happened is over years as churches have evolved, or I should say devolved into an evangelistic emphasis Without the apostolic order to back it up, what we do is we go out, we hold tent crusades or meetings or whatever it takes, and we bring in the big names or whoever to get all these people saved, and then they come into a church where they're never discipled, where they're never taught, where they're never encouraged to receive revelation or to bring it all back to the Father. And so what are we taught to do but just to go out and win more souls, to go out and win more souls? And some of you are like saying, isn't that the point? It's only the point if people on this end are being raised up to the maturity of spiritual fathers and mothers who can oversee those folks coming in and becoming who they were meant to be as the bride. The apostolic gifting, some of you guys start clapping out of mercy because you know I'm running out of breath. I'm getting ready to pass out. And you're like, take a breath, Zach, take a breath. The apostolic gifts, while respecting and honoring and employing revelation, scripture, doctrine, 
believers and winning the lost, we eat, sleep, and breathe the kingdom. And I'll apologize to you just this one time. If it's ever felt like I didn't care, if it's ever felt like I rushed past you, if it's ever felt like, like uh, I haven't been attentive to the needs of the individual, it's because I stay up at night. I stay up at night thinking about standing before the Father one day and answering for what really matters. Answering for, did we do everything that we could do to make sure that his kingdom came and his will was done in Swansea, Massachusetts, as it is in heaven? And thank God that he has brought this incredible team to this church. Thank God for the people that, that have found their way through these doors and have settled in and have begun to operate and exercise in all of these other ministry giftings because without them, nothing happens. But without the apostolic, it all happens, but sometimes the wrong way. These are all gifts given by the Lord to the church, but we have all been a part of churches and movements where there's been an imbalance or disorder of some type. As Ashley and I have sought the Lord on how to avoid those paths, those dead ends and those, those places that ended in wreckage and carnage of so many churches, we've sensed his leading us back to the apostolic order he had for the church when it was first created. And that is our intent. Over church history, in the same way that the prophetic giftings were neglected and by some groups altogether discarded, the apostolic anointing has been largely stigmatized and forgotten. I was talking with one pastor recently and I was explaining to him, he was asking, why are things going so well at HPC? We were sitting at Starbucks having a coffee. He's like, why are things going so well? Why is it that every time I walk in, everything's like in sync? And, and I'm like, have you ever been there on a week? <laughs> Sorry, what, you must come on a day that doesn't end in why. <laughs> why is it that from the river to the academy to the school of the spirit to the whatever random things going on at any time, how is it that it's all there's such a synergy and a unity? And as I'm explaining, hey, God's restoring apostolic order and we're realizing that that is what's happening here in me as a leader and in the people that God's brought alongside us. He said, ooh, apostolic, that's a bad word, isn't it? Why? Because it makes people uncomfortable. Apostolic order shifts the focus away from the stuff we figured out how to do without God. Like proselytize people, teach them doctrine, and then encourage and motivate them to make sacrifices big enough to keep the machine going, but not so big that they're inconvenienced. The apostolic gifting recenters God's people on him and reorders the church around his government. An apostolic church offers a foundation for the other gifts to be built upon and a framework for them to operate within, maintaining a focus on the kingdom of heaven. You see, I believe God wants to do something powerful in New England, and he's already begun. But it's going to take us letting go of the way things have been done, the ways we've been wronged, and the ways we've stunted the bride with our dysfunction. It's time we come back to what we've really been called and sent to do, to establish his throne on this earth. Amen?
And in 2023, we see the kingdom advancing by continuing to provide a foundation for not only the current ministries of this church, but also in the lengthening of cords and the strengthening of stakes in the direction of heaven to make room and provision for the vision yet to be conceived here and to prepare the way for the kingdom to come here in New England. With that said, I'll invite up Pastor John. Praise God. Thanks, Pastor Zach. So I was a lot longer than I should have been for our service. I know it's a shock to most of you. So um, just be aware that as we read, we read through these, we're going to go quickly because there's a lot of information to share. And again, at any time, if any one of us are sharing and we um, mention someone's name specifically, it's not to dishonor anyone else that's been involved, but the Lord specifically put some people on our heart that we want to just give honor to while we do this. So being under an apostolic covering means for those of us who are up here, the moment we stepped into our roles, it has been our job to put the meat on the bones of every appendage Pastor Zach sees growing out of this body. We ourselves may receive vision and direction from the Lord to birth vision, but our primary responsibility is to establish the kingdom of God under the direction of the apostolic covering and of Jesus Christ. So I have the opportunity to serve um, over all of our prophetic ministries here at the church. And the three areas of prophetic ministry that, that I oversee is the prophetic ministry, is inner healing, and the prayer teams as well. And so I'm going to lay out for you what that looks like. So our prophetic team, um, the vision for the prophetic is that we are not a church with prophets, but we are a church of prophets. All right, the, the role of the prophet, the office of the prophet is very vital and important to the body of Christ. But I just want you to know that we believe that everyone in this house, when you press in, you have the ability to hear from the Lord, to see the Lord, and that you would have a heart to receive what it is that he is speaking to you and how he's guiding and directing you. So as Pastor Zach already mentioned, uh, sometimes pr prophetic ends up in dreams or visions or someone might come down and give an exhortation or a word or give uh, insight to what the Lord is doing during a, spirit, during a service. Or maybe they just have like a word that starts with like, thus saith the Lord. And there may be directive in that. But as a prophetic team, there's 14 members of that prophetic team. Uh, they all come from all different uh, varying backgrounds and ministry uh, times where maybe they were pastoring or leading other ministries, different denominations, different walks of faith, Christians for different amount of time, but all carry an anointing for the prophetic. And the, the role of this prophetic team is to be able to test and judge every word that comes forward, whether someone comes down in the middle of service and grabs a mic and just starts to pray and then a prophetic word comes out of that, or maybe someone receives a vision or a dream or a word and they submit it to the team and then we pray into it and ask the Lord, is this something you have for our church body? And then we submit it to Pastor Zach to be released over the church. And so, so we judge, according to 1 Corinthians, we judge and we test every word that is spoken in this body. Uh, and then also uh, part of the responsibility of the prophetic team is to equip and to train believers, not just to walk in a prophetic gift, but as the church as a whole, to be able to understand that you have the ability not just to hear and see, but you inherently, as a believer, can declare and prophesy the word of the Lord. And so even though we are a church of prophets, like we said before, there are still some men and women among us that hold the office of prophet as found in scripture. There are men and women that carry an immense burden to seek the face of the Lord regarding vision and direction on behalf 
of the leadership over this house. And they carry a governmental burden for this house. And one person that I want to just mention briefly is Jackie Santos. You've heard her many times come up. That is someone that the Lord has brought to this church specifically with the burden and the gifting to to pray and intercede on behalf of the leadership of this church. And so another area that um, I oversee is our inner healing ministry known as the Freedom Center. Okay, the Freedom Center has multiple parts, and so I'm going to get into each part of that. All right, and the prayer and the vision for the Freedom Center is that every man, woman, and child that attends an HBC service, class, small group, event, or gathering to have an encounter with the God that still saves, heals, delivers, sets captives free, and makes them whole in Jesus' name. Gosh. All right, so I'm going to go quick, guys. No time for this nonsense. All right. <laughs> Whew. So... Uh, the first area of the Freedom Center that I want to highlight is RISE, which is our clinical counseling center. All right, RISE is led by Ashley Moniz, and it opened uh, in July of 2020 during COVID. Our original launch date was actually March 1st, and then COVID happened. And the timing of it was actually really good for Ashley because she had a broken foot and had a baby. And I was like literally pushing her to birth this vision as well. Um, but then we realized um, in the middle of COVID how desperate people were for a spirit-filled um, Christian counselor that could walk them through a dif- difficult seasons in their life. All right. So we have um, uh, three locations for RISE. Um, it started here in our church, and we still have some of the counselors that meet in this church. But right now, we have locations also in Fall River and in Providence. And Fall River is actually um, serving as the hub for RISE right now, um, and then until, until they can come back. As part of RISE, we have 10 licensed Christian counselors. And then actively, they have 175 clients that they serve. And since 2020, have served 328 clients. Amen. Praise God, right? So another area of the Freedom Center that I oversee is all of our pastoral counseling as well. And it's so important that you understand that our pastoral counseling uh, ministry in this church dovetail and is joined together with RISE, with our clinical counseling. And there's times where, where our pastors refer uh, you, some of you over to the clinical side. And many times the clinical side um, uh, refers them back to pastoral, depending on what season of life you're in. All right, it's so important that, that you get a glimpse that this is wholeness of care that we're, that we're longing to provide for every person that comes through. Um, and so uh, we have 10 pastoral staff, 14 lay pastors or lay shepherds. And Pastor Wally is going to be talking a little bit more about this and giving some more language um, about it. But there are people in our church that may not be on staff or even paid by this church pastorally, but carry the pastoral gifting and anointing. This is part of being in an apostolic house, is that these giftings will begin to rise up and you'll be released in them. Okay, and so now another area that we have is deliverance. And our deliverance ministry, um, there's a team of uh, 24 members. And it's simply um, deliverance is defined as actively evicting demonic spirits and their effects, thereby freeing and liberating the person that has been tormented. And so we have 24 members on our deliverance team. And just in 2022 alone, we have facilitated 42 deliverance sessions since the the fall of 2019, which really is when this was birthed right before COVID. 
Uh, we, we have, since then, we have facilitated 120 deliverance sessions. And then just this year, we had a weekend training event uh, where we, we had all the um, 100 of our leaders and pastors and elders and ministry leaders here in the, in the, in the building. And we did a full weekend training event with them. And right now, we're car- I'm currently training four um, men and women to facilitate deliverance going forward. And uh, those people that are leaders in this ministry, they are Holly Wheeler, Ray Rock, Jackie Santos, and Sam Connolly. All right, and so then now also on the, on the heels of deliverance, we also have yielding. And yielding is a, a term that many of you have heard from this pulpit, from small groups in our heart studies and our soul group studies. We talk about yielding a lot. Uh, and, um, and so our yielding ministry is led by Linda Andrade and Terrace was Espinosa, is now Pardini, Terrace Pardini, <laughs> praise God. Um, they lead our yielding ministry. Uh, Linda does all of the training and also facilitates yielding. Uh, Terrace does all of the intakes for everyone coming in for, to, for healing in this ministry. She also teaches a class at School of the Spirit as well as facilitates deliver, uh, yielding sessions. And so the yielding team in total has eight members. Uh, some of them also are Pete and Jen Lomas, Jen Cabral, Pastor Wally, Pastor Will, and Christy Andrade. And just in 2022 alone, there have been 205 yielding sessions, which are comprised of 149 people. And then since 2020, there have been 716 yielding sessions, which are comprised of 328 people. (laughs) Praise God. And so last but not least, definitely not least, is the prayer ministry. Um, This church was birthed out of prayer uh, uh, many, many months before this church was even thought of as a church, never mind when we even started, um, this, this church was birthed out of prayer. And so our, our vision and our desire for prayer is that the Lord give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to receive. And our posture is one of not my will, your will be done when we pray. All right, so there are three streams of prayer um, and that we oversee here at the church. The first one is um, uh, regularly, there are, we're working on weekly. It used to be weekly, then it's regularly, which means often. And now I'm getting some help to make it more frequent. Um, is we have an email that goes out to leaders and prayer team members in our church to pray for the requests that come in either on the website or through emails or text messages or just at the altar or in conversations. And so on that team alone, between pastors, elders, ministry leaders, and our prayer team, 93 people right now receive that email and are praying for the needs that are sent out for this church regularly, okay? Um, And so then we also have two other prayer teams, which is our altar prayer team and our intercessory prayer team, all right? Our altar prayer team and our intercessory prayer team. So some are anointed to minister at the altar. Look at workout. My, my watch says I'm working out. Um, some, some are anointed to minister at the altar. Some are burdens to intercede and some are carrying burdens to do both. All right. So our altar team, which you see down here when Pastor Zach says we've released the prayer team, that is the ones ministering at the altar. There are 27 altar team members. Okay. Many of them actually attend both services or at least just go to the worship for second service to be available to pray for you and to minister to you as you need. And so 
Um, I just want to mention a couple of those that we recognize as leaders for the altar team. And it's Holly Wheeler, Sam and Abby Conley, Alan Winter, Gary and Jeeva Creedon, Will Kayer, Dan and Michelle Stebbings, as well as all of our pastors and elders that are always down here available to be ministered to you guys. And now intercession. We have an intercessory prayer team, which consists, consists of 29 intercessors. And some of them, I would actually title them as prophetic intercessors. Those are ones that have really committed themselves to intercession on a really deep level. Um, some of those, again, I just want to briefly just talk about intercession and just define it for you. Intercession is to act on behalf of someone in difficulty or trouble as pleading our um, petition to stand in their place. Jesus is our intercessor. The Father sees us through Jesus. Though we were guilty, we have been made innocent when we are in Jesus and because of Jesus. And we have been charged to intercede for one another and for New England. We are to stand in the gap to, to pray for revival and for the kingdom coming in New England. And so this is a word, the scripture the Lord gave me regarding this. And, and my heart is that this is not our church. This is not his providence church. In Ezekiel 22, verse 30, it says this, I searched for a man among them who would build up the wall and stand in the gap before me for the land so that I would not destroy it. But I found no one. May that never be said of this church that we, are, we will willingly and make ourselves available to, to go before the Lord and stand in on behalf of our families, of our neighborhoods, of other churches in this area, of Swansea and of New England, that we would take ourselves, the word is interposed. It means I actually now stand in their place, that they, they are guilty. The mess happening all around us is not our fault, but we willingly take responsibility for it because that's what Jesus Christ did for us when he went to the cross. And so that is the heart of intercession in this church. And, um, and just this year, Holly Wheeler is stepping into a lead role over all of our intercessors. And we also have a few that have been so faithful. There's many that have been praying for, for years and years and years. And there's a couple that I just want to mention. Even just this year, they've been so faithful. Mark Devine, Chris and Sue Anderson, and Sue Salvatore are like rock-solid intercessors. They are constantly putting their face toward the Lord and praying on your behalf weekly, if not daily. And of course, also our elders and our pastors and our leaders, we are like ever like just pressing in to hear from the Lord. So how we see the kingdom advancing through this ministry in 2023 or in these ministries in 2023. Prophetically, in, the, in the, the prophetic ministry, our desire is to bring teaching and training and equipping to this church through the school of prophecy in conjunction with school of the spirit. Our desire is to begin a, uh, to, to launch a, a school of prophecy that will help you begin to um, fine tune and sharpen your prophetic edge so that you can be used that way in the kingdom. For the Freedom Center, for RISE, <laughs> we want to see RISE move back here because we just miss them so much. They are such an important part of our church, especially the outreach part of our church. We want to bring RISE back to HPC. So as we do construction, we're constantly praying for vision to, to how we're actually going to weave them into the workings of the daily life here at HPC and have their, their headquarters be back here at our church. 
And for deliverance, we have uh, two scheduled freedom weekends, we're calling them, in, just in 2023. They're going to be two 48-hour weekend experiences where the, you will see inner healing and freedom take place in your life. Over 2023, we want to release about three to four facilitators for deliverance ministry to help carry the burden and to function in the ability to help lead others to freedom and deliverance. And also, I'm so excited to finally announce, we've been working on this for a while, but starting in January, uh, two, two, uh, every other week, two Wednesdays a month, we are launching a new small group called Unshackled Walking in Freedom. And this is a post-deliverance support group. And uh, once you've gone through deliverance, it's going to be kind of like an AA-style group where it's just dropping anytime you need prayer, anytime you need support to process healing because healing is a journey. Um, this ministry is going to be led by Dave and Chris Schultz and Chris Gronlin, and they will help walk you along the soul care journey of being able to walk in freedom and maintain the freedom that you've experienced. Um, and then for yielding, uh, we look forward to having more group yielding sessions as well as beginning to facilitate sessions with children. Uh, and then we want to continue to establish the culture of yielding in our church, that it's not just a service we provide. This is an active part of your daily routine is to yield to the Holy Spirit and ask him he, what he wants to do next. And then one other, the last part of the Freedom Center that we look forward to and that we've been praying into for a really, really, really long time is to begin to add in addiction and recovery services as well. Nice. So it's good. And again, last but not least, um, how we see the kingdom advancing in the prayer ministry is that we want to establish a house of prayer in this church. Um, it will simply be called house of prayer, okay? Um, and so uh, right now, we, we are starting to meet on Mondays from 12 p.m. to 2 p.m., and our prophetic intercessors just come before the Lord, and, and it's just a beautiful time in the presence of the Lord. Our, going forward to, to advance this, we want to extend it to more days, and of course, with the construction, we want to actually build in space for a house of prayer that will include healing rooms and prophetic rooms. Praise God. Thank you, Pastor John. Well, just as we get started this morning, I do have, we have a quick video from school, uh, from King's Academy. Miracles, miracles, count your miracles, one, two, three, four, I can't even count them all, miracles, miracles, a million Oh, it's so good. 
And that's just from September, since September. So my name is Kurt. I have the privilege and opportunity of overseeing our teaching ministry here at the church. And that encompasses King's Academy, School of the Spirit, and our small groups. And so the vision for our teaching ministry is that we equip and train people, all of us, all the saints, with the truth and knowledge of God's word and an experiential knowledge of walking in the spirit. This is critical to everything that we do. And so at King's Academy, we wanted to just give a big shout out to Frank and Katie Lucas for all the work. I just think about how amazing it's been since September. And of course, they've been working since earlier this year. And it, it's a, a Christ-centered education in a spirit-led atmosphere. This is not something we can say too much about. It's pretty amazing. There are 170 students currently in King's Academy, and that number could grow just next month. So it's really cool. <laughs> 31 paid faculty members and a host of volunteers, including our FSP, our Family Student Partnership, which I'll a little bit more about. But as I sat and talked to Frank, he was really overwhelmed to just looking at what has happened already. Students' lives are being changed and transformed right now. And that's because they are following the biblical order. And by going back into a biblical order and putting Christ at the center, we're watching not just students grow academically, but mature in their faith right now. You just have to come to a chapel to see it. It's really amazing to see children live lifting their hands, and then responding and walking and learning throughout the day how to adjust the character and the behavior. And academically, they're doing very, very well. What Frank loves about our school is that our environment and our core values as a church, which we have brought to the school as well, enables us to minister and train our teachers, not just professionally, but to be there to support personally as well. And I know that was really big. In the community, it's pretty amazing in just three short months to see what is already happening with King's Academy. We have our middle school boys who have an opportunity to now play uh, intramural basketball in Swansea, and we're prepping for a King's team, so this is going to be really cool. We have some unofficial cheerleaders who started this past week, and that was also really cool. It's just really cool because we're out there, and one of the referees said this week, he's like, man, I like these kids. There's just something different about them, and that is because Coach Caleb is saying, we are going to model Christ in everything that we do. So it's really Really cool to see how this is happening already. Uh, you know, the town is opening up uh, for, for a few different things for us. We've discovered uh, through this development of the family student partnership. Again, just keeping in mind, this is a snapshot of three months between the two fundraisers that the family student partnership has overseen. We have raised over $8,000 for the school. Now, even our dress-down days, you know, you go to a private school and the kids look forward to that day where they get to dress down. Well, the money we're actually having students give and families give towards dress-down days are actually going towards different missions, whether it's local or in different places like Puerto Rico. So really cool to see $1,500 has already come in, or a little over $1,500 has already come in through some dress-down days. So really excited about what God is doing there. As we move into our adult school, the School of the Spirit, you know, we have just entered our third year. We also open in a time of COVID, and we only open because the Lord said, yes, now. God spoke 
to release the teachers to Pastor Zach, and we gathered together, and the Lord said, open now. And it has been quite amazing to look at what God has done. At School of the Spirit, students grow in the knowledge and understanding of God and his nature. Learn to walk in the authority of Jesus and live a life dependent upon the Holy Spirit. We have 11 instructors, and that number is constantly growing. Uh, We have 111 students who have just completed their September uh, semester. It's really amazing. Now, 15 of those guys are actually over at the Rhode Island Department of Corrections, and it's really awesome to see how God is moving through Pastor Tony and through some others to train these men. And I'll tell you, I get to be there, and I see it, and God is doing something amazing. So we are moving forward to advancing our online schooling, and that is very exciting. The other thing we do here is small groups, and this is really the heartbeat of our church, and many of us are involved in small groups. Each semester, we have approximately 40 small groups groups, and that represents 400 participants each semester. Now, small groups include everything from our homegrown heart and soul studies to personal growth and development. Now, as we look out over 2023, we see the kingdom advancing by continuing the build-out, obviously, of our facility. We are going to be better equipped to handle the needs of King's Academy and School of the Spirit. King's Academy is anticipating a 12 to 17 percent increase in enrollment by next September at School of the Spirit. We are expecting to double our enrollment by next uh, next September. We're looking forward to having a three-quarter gym or a full-size gymnasium right here. Whatever God wants to do, we're open for. So (laughs) we see five additional classrooms on the Macy's side, and we're going to begin, as I said, live streaming our courses at School of the Spirit. So thank you so much for your belief and your partnership. Thank you, Pastor Kurt. So my name is Wally, and I have the privilege and blessing to be a part of pastoral care and discipleship. And guess what? That's our heavenly dad's heart, isn't it? And even commissioning Jesus Christ to be that great shepherd. So our triad, our pastoral team, is Pastor Will and Heather Piva. We get to meet every week and pray for you. We get to hear from the Holy Spirit just to strategize what he desires to have every single person in this body, in this church, be in a community where they're growing and maturing. So I'm going to give you a highlight, just like when you get together in those family dinners, we're going to give you a highlight of praises that the Lord's done since 2020 through transformation. 135 people of all ages were baptized uh, this the past three years. What an exciting dedicating themselves and committed themselves to Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And again, there's been 781 people who attended Fireside, and we heard those amazing testimonies of how they uniquely, divinely ended up here in our body of Christ. So we thank the Lord for that. We have begun implementing the heart and soul studies, and if you've been a part of that, it's been awesome to get to know our core values, even to do some of that soul work, that initial soul work. But most of all, building relationships, building community, getting to those deeper places that at the end of the group, it's like, I don't want to leave. We've also had pastoral visitations in people's homes. And you don't always have to clean up your home if I'm coming over. Um, But this has created a value because we get to go inside of your home when you invite us there. We get to pray over your kids, over your family, and just get to know you a little bit more. Also, the meal train that we've had has been incredible for family in need. When they're having a baby, a surgery, we get to bless you that way. 
Our pastors have been present in many of your life events, coming to uh, your games, officiating weddings and funerals. And this is just a way of doing life together, getting to know you at a deeper place. We've also witnessed countless men receiving healing and restoration, which has really impacted their marriages from their individual relationship with Jesus and also going to the next generation of healthy sons and daughters. We've also witnessed hundreds of women being set free, living more of a woman in God through retreats, through events, through small groups, and one-on-one mentoring. Disciple and mentoring has been effective in our small groups, also been effective one-on-one and through pastoral counseling, and has led to the deployment of a, the start of a disciple-making movement here at His Providence. Some of our growth here pastorally, we've developed and commissioned new men and women in pastoral care over all the different ministries at His Providence Church. Our seniors ministry has grown and flourished, led by Heather Piva and Pete and Louise uh, Curtis. What an incredible ministry for seniors to not only come and be valued, but know their God-given purpose and mission. We've ministered to 150 seniors, not only from our own church, but local churches in the area. They meet regularly for events uh, uh, to worship, to eat together, and to be t- taught the Word of God. The seniors now have a team devoted to minister to us, right, all of us, through writing personal cards, uh, food, and making phone calls to people in need and prayer encouragement. If you haven't got a phone call yet, man, you need to get one of those phone calls. They've also been activated in serving in our yearly events like Sweetbread. Man, they are workers. Bags of Hope, Flannel Fest, and Nostalgic Christmas that we just had. Our vision for pastoral care and discipleship is for each family member to be cared for, grow in spiritual maturity, and to realize and walk in your God-given gifts so that no matter where we are, we are all displaying his goodness, his goodness because we are all part of his kingdom work. So as we, as this is how we see the kingdom advancing in 2023, is by launching regional family groups to care for every single person in his providence. We've grown exponentially. So we want to actually ask the Lord regionally, wherever you're at, so maybe you can drive in a five-mile radius and be connected to a family group. And these are what will happen in these family groups. Our Our heart and soul studies will be actually in the family groups because as you develop relationships and connections, we don't want you to leave. We want you to stay there. Hospital visitations, Uh, practical needs that come up in that family group. We're going to have the under-shepherds and um, and the uh, mother and father, those uh, pastoral care to do that. Also, we're going to have mentoring relationships from spiritual parents. We are a family church, right? We love the order. So we're going to have mom and dad. That's going to be like an older woman, older man, uh, not too old, but again, just to, to be there to, for wise counsel and to guide what we're calling under-shepherds. Those are going to be younger men, uh, women that are going to be developing and being mentored. Sustainable discipleship by creating new groups focused on reading, meditate, and journaling God's word led by the Holy Spirit. This is so important. Again, we have school to spirit. We have great teaching. But this will be done sort of in a one-on-one uh, sustainable. Training and equipping more men and women uh, in that pastoral care. We're asking, Lord, release the pastors, right, so we can affi- assist the family groups as they grow. And there will be focus on one-on-one relational connections that will do life together in these family groups. We're also launching a new discipleship to boys of all ages called Trail Life. So please pray with us as the Holy Spirit continues to grow us, but also to we can be small but yet large. Bless you.
Okay, good morning. I have the privilege of um, presenting the evangelistic branch this morning. And um, what I love about this branch is that we have the ability to operate outreach in a really creative and innovative way. Um, what I want you to hear, though, as I run through all of these things this morning, is not the good deeds that were done and not how much was given, but really how we're able to impact New England and our region. So I'm going to run through five branches of this ministry, and we're going to start with missions. So missions is, uh, the oversight of missions here at HPC is Roger Hart and the missions team. And many of you may not know this, but every uh, thing that is given financially to HPC, 15% off the top goes directly to missions. And I was running a report for something recently, and when I looked back, just since 2015, that's $1.4 million that was given to missions um, out of that budget. Uh, through missions here, we're able to support usually about 10 different missionaries or missions projects, but these are regularly evaluated to ensure we're stewarding our resources in the best way possible. What I love about Roger and the missions team is that they build relationships with each one of our missionaries, and part of their vision is to visit each one in the mission field where they're at and to figure out how we as a church can best support them. We've also moved a lot this year to project-based missions. This is where we partner with those in our church body and our community to help birth the vision that the Lord's put inside of them. One highlight of this would be an orphanage we were able to help with in India, and the church was able to partner with Mana Mission Ministry and our church family, the Kamanapalis, to build a beautiful children's home. Uh, that's one of our great highlights over the past couple of years. Our missions team was also able to head to Mexico uh, earlier this year, and that was incredible. Next is the River Health and Wellness. Uh, this opened in April of 2022 um, with the oversight of our medical director, Dr. John Littlefield. Our desire with the river is to offer patient-centered, whole-person care, taking a different approach to health care. The river team has a front-row seat at what the Lord is doing, and this includes watching daily healing and transformation. This is a membership-based care where we're able to meet not only primary care needs, but also urgent care needs. Down in the river, you'll see suturing, ultrasound, EKG, blood work. Um, and thanks to the generous donations of this church body, we, all of our medical supplies and equipment were covered earlier this year and allowed us to open even earlier than expected. Um, what I was thinking about it this morning, there was someone that had called... Um, one of our one of our team in in the church and said that they had a dream that they saw a helicopter landing on the roof of this building and in the dream they thought it was taking patients away to a hospital but in fact when they got closer in the dream they were bringing patients in so just an incredible picture of what the lord maybe sees here in the future <laughs> um, we currently have close to 300 members, even members from outside of the church body in our community, some that have never experienced the Lord or being prayed over, but they, we have an opportunity to pray over them each and every day. And it has become a mission field right within our building. We do not utilize insurance um, at the river because we believe that health insurance doesn't equal health care. And to date, we've been able to take care of over 550 patient visits. We currently have two doctors, a physician assistant, crisis counseling, functional nutritionist, and five nurses, nurse, uh, five nurses, and we're able to partner with King's Academy to oversee school nursing as they open this year. All right, third on the list is Belong, our foster care and adoption support ministry. I'm not going to spend too much time on that since we just had Belong Sunday and you heard about all the incredible things that are happening here. 
But just this year, in the last 10 days, um, we were able to send out 6,488 bags um, and wrap 30,000 gifts right here in this space. These bags went out to Rhode Island, Massachusetts, Florida, Connecticut, Tennessee, New York, and Indiana. And a special thanks to Frank and Sandy uh, for what they've done. I did a quick calculation this morning, and I think just in their embroidery shop in Warwick, Rhode Island, they've personally monogrammed and embroidered 36,000 bags over the past few years. Um, so incredible. Um, as I mentioned on Belong Sunday, we have over 50 foster families here that have been licensed at HPC in the past few years, and the work at His Providence Church continues to be one of the largest recruitments for foster families in the state of Massachusetts. Um, I would be remiss if I, met, if I missed an adoption that happened this week with two of our families, Nevea and Malachi's adoption, and we're so grateful that that could happen this week. All right, our, our fourth branch is the, is the wonderful His Prison Ministry led by Pastor Daniel Bourget and his team. Um, that team, you'll hear a lot of their testimonies on Tuesday evenings. They meet right before prayer. Uh, you're welcome to join them. But they are currently working in multiple fo prison facilities throughout the states. They're in minimum security, medium security, wo women's facilities, maximum security. And they're doing parenting curriculums, SOS classes, learning to live curriculum. And coming soon, they're going to be holding prayer services within the prisons. Uh, many of you have been able to partner with their re-entry backpacks, bringing in supplies for those, um, and that helps this team outreach to those that are coming out of prison. Uh, last year, the annual Angel, Creatures, uh, Angel Tree Outreach with the RIDOC, is that right, Daniel? Okay. Um, they were able to provide 300 gifts to children. And the coolest part about this was they did not only provide these gifts, they went into the homes and were able to pray with the families of the incarcerated right within their own homes um, the week of Christmas. This year, we're doing another 150 children. And Pastor Daniel is actually going to be out in the corridor today. He has the last of the kids that need to be sponsored for this year. So if you could stop by and help him take care of those kids, that would be amazing. Okay, our last branch is community and how we outreach to our local community. Uh, as you'll remember, this past Easter, we did 6,843 sweetbreads that were delivered with love and prayer to uh, the town of Swansea. The next is Relentlessly. I really want to mention this. This is really cool. Uh, Lori and Peter Kraus have rented a spot in Fall River over the past year that they have been doing just amazing ministry out on the streets there. They call people in for parenting classes and Bible studies, and they offer supplies and food and beverage. She even has a garden out there on the street where she will garden, and she'll give out the, the proceeds of the garden. It's just beautiful. So if you would like to partner with them, that's a great thing that's happening in our community. Uh, Christmas outreach, our families in need. We did a lot of families in need this year, and Brian and Sarah Pudlo were able to help us with that. And lastly, Nostalgic Christmas, which happened over the past two days, um, where we had 585 people attend and walk through our doors. And as a quick count, we had 55 of those families had ne are not part of our HPC community. So just a beautiful picture um, of being able to show love and peace and joy this season. All right, so how are we going to impact the kingdom in 2023? Are you guys ready? You're not ready. You're not ready. Okay, so missions. Lioness and the Lamb is moving to Fall River. There's going to be a Fall River just a few minutes away. I would love this church body to get behind them as they open in January. 
the river. We have some exciting things. We are looking to purchase an x-ray machine and get financing for an x-ray machine so that we do not have to send patients out. We would love to be at 500 members. And we would love to expand our partnership with some pregnancy, uh, crisis pregnancy resources. We are also hoping to open a birthing center this year. That would be attached to the river. And this birthing center would be a mix of combining home birth and a hospital birth and being able to give us exactly what we need to be able to surround our families um, with that. Okay, for foster care and adoption, uh, we would love to continue offering foster care Foster Children uh, King's Academy scholarships this year, we were able to offer scholarships to seven kids in foster care so that they were able to attend King's. So if the Lord puts that on your heart, we would love to continue that for this year. Um, And then I'm very, very excited about this. We are um, in the process of opening a private adoption agency here through HPC. And... This would allow us the ability to put a billboard on the side of 195 that says if you are pregnant and you're looking to um, give your baby up for adoption, this is the exit you can get off of, and this is how we can help. And for his prison, we are actively working on reentry homes for those incarcerated that are transitioning back into society so that Pastor Daniel can help develop a transitional program and support around these folks and also um, plug them into this church community. Um, He's also looking to expand uh, mentorship and discipleship programs for these guys. Uh, For our community, many of you have heard At Last Coffee Shop is coming soon. Um, Tommy and Sierra Rakowski and uh, Ian and Kelsey Hayes are opening that. And that is going to be in our building, and it's going to be open to the public and our community so that our space is open. Um, And as we talk about this and we look towards 2023, I just want to remind you that we do this all with an open hand. And we are constantly listening with an ear towards heaven and ready to reroute at any time if the Lord has something different for us. Thanks. Thank, thank you one more time. I just want to honor the folks that are leading these gifts. And I just, I, pre, I appreciate you guys so much just hearing the Lord and, and every one of them not only carrying a heart to see um, what they're passionate about, but to see it done in order. And, and again, sort of synergistically with everything else that's going on here, um, the way these things have been woven together. I know there's so much information. Ashley said, it's like drinking from a fire hose this morning, but uh, But what we'll try to do is make sure that all of this is broken up maybe on the website or something so that if you want to look back and see what each of these things uh, is is up to this year, um, that you'll have an opportunity to do that. Um, Pastor Holly uh, meets with this group every week. We meet every, every week. And Pastor Holly comes with us. And the reason is, is because she oversees all of student ministries at HPC. And um, we believe that the fivefold is not just for adults. Uh, and we want to see every one of these ministerial muscles flexed over our kids as well and in their lives as well. And so Pastor Holly um, sits with us to ensure that the heartbeat of these things uh, is, is carried out in children's ministry. So I've asked her to share as well. Thank you. Awesome. All right. So the vision for our students um, is that we want to see each and every student have an encounter with Jesus that transforms their lives and propels them into a relationship with him. At the start of 2020, 
Leading up to 2020, I had always been writing our curriculum, and I really felt the Lord was putting on my heart to start a, using a specific curriculum. So we started that in January of 2020, and two months later, everything was shut down. But because of that, we were able to get that curriculum um, out into every home from the 208 children we had at the time, age 0 to 11, which was incredible. And then if we were to do that today, we would have 313 kids that are now um, a part of our family, which is awesome. You'll see each and every one of those 313 kids has their own snowflake with their own name, so it gives you a good visual as you're walking by. Pray for them. They were pray- every name and child is prayed over and thought of. And again, that's from 0 to 11. That curriculum that we started using in 2020 is also available on the church website. We made it available so that if families were homesick or not feeling well, that they could still um, be a part of discipling their kids and teaching them the Word of God. In the summer of 2022, so just this past summer, we ran our first Camp Clear youth retreat for our junior high and senior high students. At Camp Clear, we had 41 students sleeping in tents for three days. There were hamster wheels running across the lake, fishing, boating, slip and slide, kickball, archery lessons. Students didn't use or touch a device for the whole weekend. We brought, yeah, we can get a round of applause for that. That takes some serious self-discipline. Good job, students. We brought in multiple speakers and had Collington come out from California to lead worship for us. These students were able to get away from all other distractions and really encounter Jesus in an incredible way. Over the last two months, here just this morning, you may have noticed a swarm of families in the kids' lobby area eating cereal, frosting donuts, waving around balloon animals, or getting high fives from a lion. This swarm is intentional and brings so much of the original heart of the early church and the beginnings of HPC where we ate breakfast, talked, and prayed together. In Jewish culture, parents put honey on the tongues of their children on Sabbath day to create an anticipation and excitement for the Lord's day. This is one way we feel led to to create that anticipation for the kids coming into the house of God on Sunday mornings. As you all know, this Sunday morning stuff doesn't just happen. Diana Korsakov has stepped into the role of creating these experiences for the kids, along with setting up all the curriculum each and every Sunday morning for the 250 kids we have. So you can give her a round of applause for that. It's a lot of work. <laughs> um, in 2021, a huge gift to me, Kelsey Silva stepped into the role as our His Kids Administrator. So parents, you've received emails from her. She's been incredible at communicating. And after three years of serving with our junior high students, Nicole and Bill Maida stepped into the role of pastoring them, and they started that in the end of 2020. So awesome. They've been doing a phenomenal job there. And they were shortly followed by Richard Riviera and John and Evan DeCristofario. They have a team of 11 um, leaders that support and encourage and teach the 50 junior hires that come out every Friday night. And after serving with the youth ministry, United, for three years, Carice and Brandon Aruda just finished their first years pastoring that group, and they're doing an incredible job. They have six others on their team as well. We have dedicated 62 babies since 2020, and 60 of our students have been baptized. 
Um, at the start of this year, we started noticing uh, an influx in people coming in and families coming, students coming, and we track all the visitors, and 97% of those visitors that have started coming in this year have stayed and become part of our family. The way we see the kingdom advancing in 2023 and beyond is encouraging our students to develop their own personal relationship with God. We were going to be putting out material, setting goals, placing a high priority on the spiritual disciplines of spending time with their creator, the one that made them, formed them, knows them, through prayer, solitude, and reading the word. For our United students, our youth, we have some intentional time set aside for them in 2023 that's going to be opening their eyes to the needs outside the walls of this church and this mall and into the community. We're going to be doing our first ever youth missions trip, which we're very excited about. Um, looking forward to that this summer. And we're also going to be focusing more attention to developing our student leaders. Our heart is to find students' giftings and activate the call of God on their lives. Last Friday before the holiday festivities began, the students rose to the challenge of helping Nicole's laryngitis. Five students led worship for the first time in our new space as others excited... As other students jumped in on the welcome team, we're excited to watch as more students find confidence in their calling and begin operating in the way that the Lord designed them to. Amen. Thank you, guys. Amen. Hey, listen, I know everybody's anxious to go, and I know we're running a couple minutes behind, um, and we usually say something like, hey, uh, if you need to sneak out, that's fine, do it quietly, but I'm going to ask just that respectfully this one Sunday that you just stay seated. We've already communicated to... Um, uh, his kids, that everything's fine down there. They're not going to send your kids to Walmart or anything without you. Um, but at this time, I want to ask uh, Judd Brown if he's still in the building and uh, Mr. Larry Van Horn and Mr. Tom Daniels, if you're still around, uh, to come down. And we will go ahead and fire up the house lights, Joe, as well. Thank you. Uh, how many of y'all know Pastor Judd Brown? How many of y'all love his trousers? Yeah. So I've asked him to share because we know him and we love him, and he's walked with Share Financial for a number of decades now. So uh, Zach had asked me to share uh, my experience here, uh, and it goes back to uh, 1999 when I was at South Attleboro, uh, the place that I met Zach and hired him to be the worship leader. Uh, that was a mistake, obviously. <laughs> But anyways, and we love them so much. Anyways, uh, at that time, South Attleboro had a vision to build a school. And uh, our vision grew to the point that we didn't have the money to build a two-story building. I was on that committee. Ron and I actually worked to make sure that school got built. Anyways, uh, at that time, the, one of the guys at church had heard about uh, then Reeves Level and uh, brought them into the church uh, to talk to us about money and how we could raise money for the church and for the vision that we had. Carol and I at that time, you know, I was building my business, didn't really have the funds, but the Lord spoke to us in prayer. And I'm going to just share with you today about, you know, that young child who had one fish. You know, the disciples who had walked with Jesus didn't even understand that that one fish could feed the thousands. And I challenge you today because maybe you only have one fish fiscally. And the Lord's speaking to you and showing you the vision that this church has to meet the needs of the kingdom and to do something really special.
I can tell you that Carol and I, over the 23 years since that time, have been greatly blessed. And, you know, the Lord today is reminding us how much we need to pour out now of that blessing, like the word says, to you who have begun little, as you remain faithful, God seems to give it into much, just like the fish were multiplied to feed 5,000 that day. And I want to tell you that the vision here, you know, the world presents a social economic plan. It's called 401s. It's called all kinds of advancement opportunities, the stock market. And we believe it's going to work. And we're conditioned by society to believe in a 10-year cycle, you're always going to have more money. Oh, there's downturns and whatever. Spiritually, the Lord would say to us today, I am leading you into a spiritual economic place where I am the one that gives the increase. I am the Lord that does exceeding abundant beyond what you in your plans could ask or think. I can take little and make it much. You know, it is a challenge we all face challenges spiritually, and this is just one of the pocket challenges, part of the growth of being one of God's children. And he wants to have control of our money through tithing, through giving, and to understanding that God, our Father, is always faithful, and that we don't have to be in fear, for God came to take away fear. And so as we deliberate this issue... And I've come to share with you that it's been great for Carol and I. And even this morning, my wife said, she said, I don't know if I'm going to stay for three hours. <laughs> but, and she's probably watching and saying, why did you say that? Anyways, <laughs> but anyways, she said to me, you know, on top of what we've already decided, I, I think I want to just give another $20,000 $20, separately. Um, and I'll, I'll use that, you know, with, and I talked to Larry about that today and Tom. Uh, Tom's been my advisor during that time, and he's always, I will tell you, I've had one church in that whole time that failed. And so in our investment in that one church, we didn't get the return we thought. But in the nine churches we invested in, we've always had a return. And I just want to encourage you today as a member of the church who supports the church, who prays for the church, who loves the church, I believe what we're doing is absolutely the right thing. You know, share basically only services churches. We're building something that is part of the kingdom of God. God's called us to be part of that kingdom purpose. And today, I just want to challenge you and encourage you as someone that is a part of this place to know that this does work. It does build our kids. It builds the kingdom. It's different than the world. And God multiplies our finances. Won't you be like that young boy that came before the disciples and said, my one fish, if I give it to the Lord, can feed thousands. And I believe if you, as you commit your money in trust and in faith, this is a faith thing. It's not a business thing. It's a faith thing. I said that to Ashley at work this week. I said, Ashley, I believe that it is a faith thing. And when we come before the Lord in faith, he does so much with our faith. Thank you very much. Thank you, Judd. Can you go on the road with me? <laughs> I, I could use that help. Um, first thing I want to do is apologize for the size of this card I know it's miniature and it was a mistake in our office, but we're stuck with it. So if you have a hard time seeing it like me, my glasses, it's still hard to see. So I apologize for that. I'm going to go over with you how to fill this card out. And I'm going to ask you to please, before you come over to in the corridor to Tom and I at the table to bring your card, please fill it out before you come. Because there's going to be a significant line. And if we've got to work 
to fill one out every time. It goes pretty slow. So please fill it out. And if you have questions and just can't fill it out, fine. Come on over, get in the line. But be patient. We had, uh, we had a tremendous response from the first service. I think we had 65 people turn in cards, um, which was way over expectation. Um, the other thing that that causes is we only have appointments left to meet with individuals a little bit on Friday. Everything Monday through Thursday is full. Yeah, the rest of you we will take care of, but we're going to have to do it through the mail. And so we still need you to come over to the table so that we can be sure we got the information to mail it to you. But we'll get everybody accommodated one way or another, but just wanted to give you a little heads up. And the line moves pretty quick, so don't, don't get... Uh, panicked if it's really long. <laughs> okay, do we have a, uh, a screen? There we go. I started working with this church three years ago next month, and this is the day that we've been working three years for, is to get the commitments, get the monies in so that we can pay off the mortgage and get that sanctuary finished. And so today's the day that you're going to give me... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave it alone. Uh, but today's the day that you give me your indication of interest so that we can put this whole bond issue together. And like I said, we've had a tremendous response, uh, better than what I expected it to happen, so I'm really thrilled about that. Um, we're going to assign all these bonds tomorrow morning. We have to make a change to our schedule because of all the response, so we won't be able to do it until tomorrow morning. And then we'll get everything set and get all these appointments done this week. Tom Daniel, uh, a share representative, been with us for many years. He will meet individually with all of the appointments we've set up and the few we have remaining. And then he'll handle your stuff through the mail uh, if, you're, if you're one of the ones that we have to mail to. So uh, after today, this week, this will be going on. And then next week, if there's any bonds left over... Uh, if people call in, then we'll be able to take care of them. All right, go ahead and change it. Go ahead and skip. I'm going to skip some of these just for time. Keep going, keep going, keep going. There you go. Okay, this one, seven good reasons to invest in your church's bonds. And I'm just going to run through them really quick. Opportunity to be involved in things eternal with money you can't give. You can give tithes and offerings and all of those, but there's retirement accounts and kids' education funds, things like that you can't give, but you can invest them in the church, get your return, and then help the church do their kingdom work. Uh, taking advantage of the interest rates, uh, if you've looked at these and see that these rates compare very favorably to other fixed-rate investments on the market. Getting away from the volatility of other investments. Has anybody seen any volatility in, in investments recently? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's been huge. Uh, avoid the risk of market corrections. We just had one. Predictability of increased value is one of my favorites. What I know is every night when I go to bed, every church bond I have will be worth more the next day when I wake up. You know, that fixed rate. Uh, and that gives me a lot. I'm a very conservative investor. And so that gives me a lot of comfort. So you need to do this for yourself and those you love. And what that means is this is a unique opportunity. It's an opportunity to invest in an organization that believes the same thing you believe, that has the same morals, the same kingdom agenda, all of the same things that you have. It's an, in, an, an institution, if you will, uh, but an organization 
that will not only allow you, but encourage you to participate in running the organization. That's very unique. I think last Sunday, Zach said we had 100 uh, volunteers on campus. So they need you to help run the organization. You don't get to, to invest in those kind of companies very often. And then the last one, the church needs your participation. All that means is the more people that participate, the more money that we place here, the less money it costs the church to do the finance. And so we're going to get them all sold no matter what. Whether we sell them all here or not, our company will sell the rest. But the more we sell here, the cheaper it is for the church. So that's what we want to accomplish. Go ahead. Okay, here's the little card. Normally, I'd be zipping these things in one and one, and so it looks a little busy right now. But this is how you're going to fill it out. I need name, address, and phone numbers. And then I need to know what bonds you want to invest in. So in this example, they've written the amounts that they want on the, on the terms that they want and the interest rate that they want and totaled up the investment. They got simple interest and compound interest and totaled up the investment to $55,000. And then on the bottom right, I need to know how are you buying them? How are you registering the bonds? Joint husband and wife, uh, individual, just one person wants to buy them, a trust, uh, gifts to minors. I've already had, I don't know, at least 20 that are gifts to minors. Uh, if you want to do, do something like that. Um, we just need to know how it is. IRA, 401k rollover, check that box so we know that. And then we're going to be asking you a little bit about that at the table anyway, but check that box so that we'll know what to do there. Um, go ahead. Okay. That's the end of the, the, the total presentation. I want to remind you again, please fill this out before you come to the table so that we can work you right through. Keep in mind appointments are only on Friday and the rest will be in the mail. We'll explain it to you over there. And please be patient with us on the line. It moves pretty quick, but it, it looked pretty long, didn't it, Tom, before? <laughs> it was a little intimidating. <laughs> but uh, we look forward to meeting each one of you over there and talking to you about your investment. Thank you for allowing Cher to be a part of this church and, and what's going on. Thank you. Amen. Why don't we go ahead and stand up? Hallelujah. Thank you so much, Larry, Tom. We appreciate y'all coming out and being patient with us. Um, and thank you, church, for hearing this out. Um, let's go ahead and close in prayer. Father, we thank you so much uh, for the invitation to, Lord, not just plant our feet in today or in this season that we're in, but we thank you, God, for the opportunity to, to be a part of something eternal, and something that has been going on for uh, generations and generations and will go on forever. And so, Lord, we just, uh, we hold all that we have up to you and we um, invite you to continue to do through us and in us, in your church, in your providence, as it is in heaven. We give you the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, God bless you guys. Have the best day of your lives. And we will see you next week. This is Pastor Zach, and you've been listening to HPC Sermon Notes. Love you guys. God bless you, and have the best day of your life.